The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a game from the radio, the official the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with Hi. me in the studio. We have none other than L Man, Jenny Feldy. Hi. And we have <laughs> our filmmaker, who's also part of the J. Bertley segment, um, Mr. Lee Klinsky. Good afternoon. And we also have Hassan on the phone, a man on the inside. Yay. I'm there we go. I'm still inside. All right. So <laughs> let's see. On you don't get out much, do you? <laughs> he lives no, inside. Not at all. <laughs> yes, I live inside. <laughs> So on this week's show, we have another Chris Wolsey's Chris Picks for Chicken Soup of the Soul. We have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Uh, we have another Comic Insider segment. And at the Trek Long Island, uh, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, who's on assignment today, uh, interviews actress Sandra Gimble. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin' Time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of. Celebrating over 27 years of pop culture and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December 16th, which is their Big Apple Christmas Con. I believe tickets are on sale now. Also on the It Came From Radio site, there's a little button on there where you can go and buy my book, uh, Designated. It's about two warring alien races uh, fighting over a newly discovered power source, the war finds its way to the planet Earth, and humans gain abilities as a result. And I want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yazin Array, Rosa, and the Huracan. You want to have your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. A little button on there takes you right to our Patreon page. Also, I want to mention that on the September the 13th, we have our next live show, courtesy of the East Mill Public Library, and we have a special guest, Aiden P. Finnegan of Dark Knight Halloween World. Um, he'll be there giving out passes to his haunt. So he's in charge of a haunt in Long Island, and there'll be passes there. Is he haunted? He might be haunted. We can ask him when Maybe he comes. We should bring an exorcist. That'd be cool. <gasps> Maybe you know you know my reverends. Maybe I could do a little exorcist. Mm. All right. So we may or may not have an exorcism at the live show, courtesy yeah. of the East oh Metal Public Library. I Come rebuke you. Come to www.eastmetal.info. All right, so as we always start off, we're going to start off with the sad news. And yeah, um, right. for for people listening to the show, I did the news like about Wednesday. So if anybody happened to die between Wednesday and today, yeah. that's going to make it until next yeah, week. Yeah, did you hear? <laughs> oh, no. Yes, I did. I'm, I'm going to get to that later. So <laughs> Terrible. So uh, first bit of sad news is <laughs> okay. Ron Seifert Jones not, not nice. died not recently. Nice. No, I was trying to honor him jeez well we'll honor him next yeah. week when we get to his next week news i guess my dmx honoring <laughs> didn't go well either okay ron cephas jones died recently from a quote long-standing pulmonary uh, issue unquote while ron appeared in such movies and shows as 
Magic Mike, he got game back in the day of white, paid in full across the universe, watching TV, which the Chinese, double platinum, word of honor, Mr. Robot, the get down, longing for Australia, truth to be told, and law and order, organized crime. He's probably most famous for his roles as William Hill in 31 episodes of the drama series This Is Us, which aired from NBC mm. from 2016 to 2022, and that of Bobby Fish in the 13 episodes of the Netflix Luke Cage series from 2016 to 2018. He was 66. Did you watch the Luke Cage? I watched, I think, part of Luke Cage. Maybe part of Luke Cage. Yeah, maybe the first <laughs> season. Well, Hassan, yeah. did you see uh, Luke Cage? No, I've never seen Luke Cage. Oh, no, wait. I've seen all of Luke Cage. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? The show was so good. He what couldn't you remember. You were watching Sex in the City? That's... <laughs> How'd you mix it up? This, this isn't sex in the city. Right, look, look, yeah. look! It's been a, it's been a long three weeks. Okay, I can't really go into it, but it's been long. All right, Give get me into break. it. Yes, yeah, so I've seen. I've seen this is all Star of Trek. Luke what? Cage. I have. <laughs> oh man! All right, so <laughs> we'll just move on from that. Moving on yeah. to the last bit of sad news. Okay. Um, so opera star Nancy Frangioni, Franguan. Also died recently. F R A N G I O N E. Um, also died recently. Frangioni. Thank you. As of this recording, uh, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Nancy was best known for her role of Tara Martin on All My Children and Cecil D. Polyak on Another World, which she played from 1981 to 1984. She was 70 years old. Uh, I know senior correspondent Charles Sunny was a, a, a soap opera fan. I know Jen, you are not a soap opera fan, right? I'm a soap fan. He's a soap fan. Soap fan yeah, I shot twice today already, but um, not the opera part. And more rap, yeah. <laughs> soap opera rap. Soap. Yeah, more soap rap, rap than okay. opera, yeah. Were you a, uh, what is soap rap? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> are you making that? Soap opera. I was I was more of a general hospital person. So all right, Hassan, yeah. should I ask? No. Okay. So that's it for the set. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, wait, wait. I got one. You got, I one, got one that may or may not be discussed next week. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, it's probably someone you're going to discuss next week, but we have to talk about Arlene Sorkin, who died. Uh, well, the, I was notified she died yesterday at the age of 67. Mm-hmm. And Arlene Sorkin is the, was the voice of the original Harley Quinn mm-hmm. for the Batman the Animated Series. And she was also the famous Calliope Jones on the, the, the soap opera Days of Our Lives, amongst many other things. But mm. uh, she died at 67, undisclosed. Her, her death is, uh, the, the cause of her death has been undisclosed. But she's, the, you know, she's a seminal part of the, 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 our, our little corner of pop culture that we cover for, you know, for inventing a, you know, a, a, an iconic character like uh, Harley Quinn for Batman. And she has passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. And so you are correct. We will be mentioning that on next week's news. But yes, yeah. we can jump the gun and uh-huh. mention it this week. It's fine. And can I give a shout out to <laughs> a local you person? You want to give died? a shout out? Oh, oh, wait, how, you can't <laughs> no, give a shout out people. to a person Everyone, who died. Yes, I can. All right, you know. sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure. Okay, there's this, a, a this local comedian who died. Um, I actually shot a sketch with him uh, this year, I believe, this winter, uh, James Anthony uh, Raniolo. And I think it was a complete accident um but yeah the, there's a a wake i guess or a, a, a type of remembrance uh after the show so uh r.i.p he was about my age he was young young guy 
and uh, you know condolences. I, I don't know. I'm very crappy with this uh, R.A.P. stuff. But you did fine. You yeah, did I want You know, I mean, I, he was such a nice guy. He was nice to people. He made people feel good, and I feel like someone like that should be honored because not yeah. everyone does that. All right, so there you go. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. yeah, respect, James. So with that, we're finished with our sad news. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more. It came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey guys, this is Kari Payton. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. So keep listening. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Immerse yourself in the dark and enthralling world of the Worthy Chaos series. The fate of heaven, hell, and the entire cosmos hangs in the balance. Seraphina, a descendant of angels, and demon descendant Draven, two souls bound by destiny, must unearth their forgotten powers, unlock the secrets of their past lives, and rewrite the eternal conflict between angel and demon. This thrilling series unfolds every other month on Kickstarter with the sixth issue currently available. Mark your calendars for October 3rd when the seventh and final installment of Book One makes its debut. Join us in unlocking the secrets of a world where chaos meets destiny. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the King of Radio, the official Radio Big Apple Gone. This show is Mark Torres speaking in the studio with El Man Jenny Feldman. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi. <laughs> and hi, Hassan. Hassan on the radio. On the radio, on the phone, on the radio. Yeah, yeah on the radio, on the phone, on the phone, <laughs> on the radio. And Lee Kalinsky, director. Hello, just hanging around. So, uh, Jen, uh, can you read the uh, other advertisement we have? I can, but Will you? may I? Yes, oh, you may. Oh, sure. All right. Mike Carbo's first annual pop-up garage sale, Labor Day weekend, Friday 9-2 to Sunday 9-4, 9 a.m. to 12 noon at 94-19 71st Avenue on the corner of Lubet Street, Forest Hills, New York. You're listening to NPR Radio, comic books, sport cards, non-sports cards, toys, everything collectible. This is my personal wholesale stock collectors and dealers. Welcome. It will rock. 201-892-1212. And that email is Mike Carbo, M-I-K-E-C-A-R-B-0, not a zero, at gmail.com. Mike Carbo at gmail.com. So I had a little bit to drink today. A little saucy today on a Sunday, saucy Sunday, that's what we call it in my house. All right, so let's let's start off with the regular news. Sure, Um, sure thing, Mark. From the uh, (laughs) One Strike and You're Out follow-up department. A federal judge. These guys better get it right, or they're fired. <laughs> <laughs> a federal judge has upheld a ruling that works created by AI are not copyrightable. Uh, the judge mm. says, in the absence of Excellent. any human involvement in the creation of the work, the clear and straightforward answer is the one given by the register: No, copyright law currently protects only works of human creation. Amen. So that actually has a blow to the studios because this was one of the biggest ho- mm. uh, holding backs because if they can just do AI stuff mm. and they can copyright it, then mm. they're making content. But now they're making stuff that they cannot copyright mm. without human interaction. So that might be a bargaining chip for the people on strike. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 
Hassan says excellent. What do you got, uh, Lee? Yeah, that's just kind of, so you can't copyright. Cannot copyright something made Is strictly by God. AI. All right, so it's gonna be strict. Well, how do you even really detect? He's, that? he's thinking. He's I thinking. know. I'm going through he's a whole thinking. bunch of stuff on it because I feel like you can't really detect that part of it, right? Well, I think um, if the guy's mm. like, "Hey, I didn't, I didn't write that." That's like well, it's by AI. Yeah, but there's they so have many to people prove. that could just right. You have to True. prove that you wrote well, it. Well, right. they're also by, talking yeah. about having. Um, like having a law that mandates that all of the uh, AI work be watermarked. You know, oh. also something you okay. can get around. But, I mean, if you could put a digital watermark on it. And they also have um, they have websites. Some of them give a lot of false positives so yes. as a caveat. That's true. But they do have websites that will determine whether your piece is oh. uh, AI or, or genuine oh. art. So. Okay. I mean, all that technology is going to do nothing but improve as we go on also. So mm -hmm. it might be very hard going forward to pass your work off as, as a genuine, quote-unquote, genuine work if it's AI. We'll see. Hey, oh, I got a business idea for anyone out there. there how, about, <laughs> how about we make an AI to detect and kick out any unwelcome AI? There yeah. you go. <laughs> Have all the AIs do the work fighting yeah. the other AI. We'll build an army of <laughs> robots that fights the other army of robots, and then we could all have a cheesecake. And yeah, like AI bouncers. You're not welcome here. Right. Get out of here. And they kick <laughs> each other out, you know? Yeah. Why I do like the robots that. sound like that? No, I'm a business. This is my business voice. Is oh. It, is it the Brooklyn Yeah, I'm going. Where's that from? Yeah, you know, when you're in business, you gotta, you got to make your own rules. You know, the rules don't necessarily apply. So only, never apply. only people who live in Brooklyn start business, <laughs> apparently. What's I it? As of this recording, we are on day 118 of the writer's strike and day 44 yeah, of the yeah. actor's strike with no end in sight. Keep it going. Mark was, right. Mark was right. Mark was right. Now Mark I'm like, right. now I'm How curious. Are like, keep saying it? Are we going to, is this going to make it to the end of the year? Yeah. Like, I'm curious. Yeah, probably. I so. I've been hearing rumbling that uh, people are ready to make a deal, at least with the, um, at least with SAG AFRA. So th that might be over very soon. Really? Oh, that's crazy. I've I've been hearing it from reputable sources who all say it's tentative. No, so, of course there is no definitive anything, but it does sound like people are kind of ready. They're they're lose everybody's hemorrhaging money, yeah. so you know, the people are. And then of course with this ruling about the AI thing, that's going to make everybody's mm -hmm. obstinance a little more difficult. So mm -hmm. hopefully something will happen in the next few days. And trees the are next dying. Few weeks. Trees are getting cut too. Did you hear about that? That the corp, yeah, something, something, some corporations, some companies opposite the writers or the SAG strikers, I forget which one, they were striking underneath trees that I guess provided shade that was necessary. Oh man, and wow. the companies cut the trees so there'd be no shade so they couldn't strike. Wow, I heard oh, this, really? I That's think it crazy. is true. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Part of, I can't, I can't tell tactic. where I sit on this. Like, part of me is like, I don't think it's just bring like your 100 own. Just bring your own awning. Like, I would just bring yeah. an awning and just yeah. stand under it. You know, yeah. right? Bring your umbrella, tents. <laughs> yeah, <something> jerk. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on. Uh, let's see. From the ready, Brian. Ready and time, ready. From uh, the. There we go. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> the new superhero film, Blue Beetle, has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in a oh. disappointing $25 million in ticket sales in its first week of release, beating out the new Barbie film, which pulled in an additional $21 million in its fifth week of release. For those of you keeping track, the Super Mario Brothers movie is still the highest grossing film of this year, with 500 yeah, $574.2 million, followed by Barbie with wow. 500 and seventy-two point eight million dollars. You mean domestically, domestic. though, right? Domestic. Yeah. yeah, we only care about domestic. Okay, because worldwide, <laughs> Barbie's already overtaken. Right. Um, okay. Um, of, Sorry. Of note, I uh, care about the world, Mark, <laughs> not yeah. just America. So globally, okay? Barbie, Mark? right? Yes. Um, of <laughs> note, Barbie has moved up one notch and now sits at the 15th highest grossing movie of all time in the United States, uh, knocking off the original Lion King at $543.6 million. Good. Yeah. I like the Lion King. You <laughs> like the Lion King? I hate the Lion King. Really? I oh never give it a chance. The cartoon, right? Yeah, the, the cartoon. Yeah. I hate it. Well, uh, first of all, there's a reason <laughs> the why I hate it. You yeah. never hate the yes, cartoon Lion King, okay. though. Yeah, don't, don't tell yes, me that. I hated the, the animated, the original animated Lion King because when I used to work at Block, well, first I was not a fan of Disney. For a lot, but <laughs> when I worked at Blockbuster, as I mentioned, for ten years, yeah. we were required to either play the trailers oh. uh, oh. on the tape or play G-rated movies. Oh. And my manager at the time loved Lion King, oh. so she played that gosh darn movie a bazillion <laughs> times, which made me gosh. hate it more okay. and more and more. And then, oh. as I was, <laughs> as I'm forced to watch this movie, my yeah. critical mind starts kicking in, and I'm like, wait a minute, why do all except for the gazelles why didn't they talk mm. and no one can answer that question mm. for me and that would ruin the entire plot of the movie because they could like, like look out of the way Mufasa or it could be like oh no we kind of were in the way and they didn't speak at all out of all the animals there that's why I hate that movie wow what a crazy reason <laughs> not to like it that's a very strange reason I yeah. love it though <laughs> and it, it just it just very, strengthens my it's argument. Unfortunately, about a very twerking. mark reason to not like the movie. <laughs> I, mean, I could understand that if it's playing all day, all night, you know, <laughs> in the thing, right? Like I, that's but how I feel Zellas? about the Mr. Softy ice cream song, right? So like, how does it go? I love that song. Do, do, yeah, well, you know, it was outside my apartment all day, summer. all summer, <laughs> and it was constantly playing. So forget that's it. Weird. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just read a book during Lightyear. Some iron going weird. I guess. Yeah. I didn't think it a was a little that too terrible. intricate for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is all about the continuity and things making sense. I don't care, and I'm all about just not watching animated movies. It's the and I think of disbelief. Mark. Yes. Mark. Yes. If I gave you twenty-five million dollars, would you be disappointed? <laughs> no. <laughs> would you find that that's a disappointment? That, is no. those, those, that sentence just never makes any sense to me. This movie made a disappointing yeah. twenty-five million dollars. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to make a disappointing twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, um, let's see. We have all right. So from the, it's a no longer me Mario department. Oh, it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> That's the racist department. 
None other than Nintendo has announced that Charles Martinet, the original voice actor for Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Waluigi, will no longer be voicing a role for any future installments of the video game franchise. Hmm. Nintendo says... <clears throat> Charles uh, Martin we fired has been <laughs> the original <laughs> voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as the Super Mario uh, 64. Charles is now moving on to the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he'll be stepping back from recording the characters' voices for our games. But he'll be continuing to travel the world and share joy of Mario and interacting with all of you. It has oh. been an honor to work with Charles to help keep Mario bringing him to life for all these years, and we want to thank you to celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we'll post at a future date. So, yes, they My fired. Dad, they didn't fire him. They demoted him. <laughs> and now they're going to have these two other guys do a hostage video <laughs> to promote the whole thing. Okay. Makes sense <laughs> to me. Just, they just got enough audio <laughs> clips to use them for AI. No, the, the, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's true. I think this has to do with the whole controversy of Chris Pratt doing the voice of Mario in the Super Mario Bros. movie because the guy's been doing his voice all the years and they didn't have him do the movie where they should have. What? Mm, I guess so so, so he stepped down voluntarily because well, he's I mad? Think, well, I, no, I'm Not saying that, they, that because of what happened and that they didn't use him, yeah. like, yeah, we don't need you anymore because we made a bazillion dollars oh, without you. Yeah. Oh. So you just be a brand ambassador now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just you just you just get on this this plane, fly coach <laughs> wherever we send you to and uh, you know cut a couple of ribbons at opening at at the mm. supermarket openings and stuff as Mario. Yeah, do the and voice. That'll be the equivalent <laughs> of being able to do the iconic voice for the whole world to right. enjoy and admire. Yeah. He's good, not Optimus good. Prime. <laughs> yes, that's very true. It's good news so, for us. They tried to do that to Peter Cullen though. They, they Peter did. Cullen just told a story about like the last I think Bumblebee where they they basically had some a stand-in do the voice for him because they didn't want to. They wanted to pay him scale. Yep. They didn't want him to be there present for the entire project. Yep. And they brought him in at the tail end, and he had a miserable time trying to match the the performance of the guy that they brought in to uh, to sub to substitute for him. Yeah. And so, so like, even Peter Cullen's not safe from that nuncery. Yeah. They don't want to pay them the amount of nope. money worth that they're worth. It's they sad. don't want to pay him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's part of that gig, right? They don't want to pay him. Right. Billions of dollars. So that's actually yeah. an interesting uh, aspect. I mean, as a filmmaker, I have two filmmakers in the in the studio right now. When you have somebody cast in a role and then you want to get a name to, to recast them, is that right? Is that wrong? Or is it just business? Uh, I think it's kind of on a business end to a degree, you know, unless you feel like the actor is going to, you know, I mean, if the actor fits the role, the actor fits the role, you know, and then if it comes to a point where you think you can't sell, you know, with that actor, you you change him for the most part, unfortunately, or you find people that could surround that actor, you know, to make the performances better or have a name. It's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of strange to do it. You know, I mean, I know they've done it for years, you know, and replaced plenty of people, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's a personality thing, too. So, you know. I don't know. What do you think, Jen? I just think it's quite interesting that you're asking the question when you're in the middle of doing <laughs> the same thing because we have a you know hypothetical <laughs> panel at New York Comic Con and 
well, I'm not going to be there. I don't have enough views on Facebook for you. So now you're, you know, you're pitching out. Oh, I didn't know we were asking, recasting you. Yeah, yeah recasting, either, trying to get someone with <laughs> Are you stepping numbers. down to be the brand you ambassador? Well, that's why I, I just heard you were doing down. this. I don't even know what this is about. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to paddle a car You want to get butts in the seats. I guess you're going to need someone with more eyes on them than me. So, you know. You just quit on the air. All right. I didn't quit. Oh, okay. So you numbers. <laughs> so you know. Is that what the happened? Answer? Yeah, that you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for the final minute. Listen, I got I got people calling me. <laughs> as long as you give her a disappointing twenty five million dollars yeah. mark, you'll be happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a disappointing one million. All right, so from, yeah. <laughs> from the final bit of news, this is courtesy of Kelly Gordon from the East Metal Public Library, which we're going to do a live show at on the 13th of September. Okay. From the, we have a repeat smell offender department. Uh, me? 36-year-old <laughs> Kalise Karen Crowder I'm 38. was arrested recently <laughs> for a separate misdemeanor incident after being caught on camera at a Barnes & Noble in Burbank, California, going around allegedly smelling women, most specifically to their... What? Jen, you missed your cue. Oh, but... <laughs> But <laughs> I thought you were just like, hey, I, you know, I thought you were just kind of like throw game signals in the building. You know, sometimes so Mark throws gang signals up. Just like so they were smelling out. there. What? <laughs> Not what? what? But Oh. This is coming to you live on tape, folks. <laughs> um, police says wow. that they are currently working on handing it over its findings to regarding the investigation of the Barnes & Noble's sniffing ordeal to the DA, but no charges for that incident have been filed. Now, there's a video, wow. and I saw the video wow. of the guy, and he's walking around Barnes & Noble because this girl's live streaming in Barnes & Noble's as a side thing. And mm -hmm. there's this guy just like following this girl and other women kneeling down, what? leaning in, and then standing up and following another woman. That's on the video. So like, she 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 you know she yeah. feels something's off. She turns around. She goes, "Hey, what are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, I'm tying my shoe." Oh. And then obviously oh. she's not seeing the footage. So when she goes into her car and she sees the footage, she's like, "Oh my god, this guy's going around smelling people." And so that's how the authorities were involved. It's like a creeper wow. video going live. Do you think it was a planned thing? Stage? I don't. I, it doesn't look like it was planned. And like I said, uh, according to um, the, the department, he was arrested on something completely different. Oh. But they found out, hey, that's the guy who was arrested oh, wow. for something different for going around allegedly smelling people in a Barnes & Noble. Wow, wow. Ugh. It is on wow. YouTube referred to as the Barnes & Noble sniffer. So oh. just anybody who... Wants to in the home audience. Anyone who wants to look for themselves, there are, there are several. Look up Barnes and Noble sniffer. You'll find several videos. Which uh, which Hassan it. just did, obviously. It's Barnes and Noble's fault. I, I just did that. I did. I'm, I'm home. I did the research, and I'm the inside. I'm doing the inside research. So, really are you watching the, the video right now? Did you? Are you I am not. Oh. I am not because I don't want to burst out laughing while we're trying to do this. <laughs> I was almost at a Barnes and Noble today about a few really? minutes ago. Oh, yeah. that was you? Oh, was that, was oh, that you? Was there. <laughs> no, I was just like, oh, we should go to the Barnes and Noble. Yeah, because you, you probably heard <laughs> their, their new slogan. You like books? You like butts? Scratch Come on and, down. Scratch and sniff. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so that's it for the news. Oh, my books. goodness. <laughs> oh, 
Phil, um, anybody listening to us live on the air right now, um, we'll be back next week. But for the rest of you, we'll be back with more. It came from the radio. Hey, everybody, this is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. What is up, everyone? It has been a week, which means only one thing. It is time for the Comic Insider to rip into yet another book and tell you everything that I found inside there. Today's book is Cinderella vs. the Queen of Hearts Part 3 of 3, National Dinosaur Day Parade. This book was written by David Franchini, artwork by Jordi Tarragona, colors by Robbie Bevert, and letters by Taylor Esposito. This book was produced by Xenoscope Comics. Cinderella 3. Good God. It starts out with uh, a delusional flight of fancy called Sinfeld, which is a send-up of Seinfeld, of course, where Cinderella is on stage doing a comedic stand-up, summarizing the events of the last two issues. It's a very clever way of getting uh, the reader back on the same page with the story, which is pretty funny. And in the process, you can hear the Queen of Hearts trying to call into the flight of fancy to wake Cinderella up because the two of them have been captured and being driven into Leaf Industries in the back of an ambulance. The ambulance driver is a, a killer robot which is kind of a send-up. Seems a very, very reminiscent of the Johnny Cab in Total Recall which is just a torso planted behind the wheel of the ambulance but it turns around and makes very affable conversation with the passengers even though the affable conversation is etched in menace and dread the robot threatens them, you know, enjoy the ride because soon they'll be in the hands of Leaf Industries. Queen of Hearts is trying to untie herself and Cinderella notices that she's trying to untie herself and says out loud, good job trying to untie yourself, which alerts the cyborg driver. The driver tries to blast the Queen of Hearts, but the Queen of Hearts frees herself and the two of them go at it. The Queen of Hearts gives Cinderella her sword so that she can untie herself. Two of them can basically take the ambulance driver. Of course, the Queen of Hearts is very denigrating, very insulting, because Cinderella is, again, on her own planet, making references that no one but she herself can understand. They get hold of the cyborg driver, but Cinderella refuses to destroy the cyborg until the Queen of Hearts apologizes to her for being rude. Queen of Hearts knows she's beat, apologizes. They destroy the cyborg driver and escape the ambulance. Pearl returns to inform Mr. Leaf. Yet again, they have not only failed to kill the Queen of Hearts and Cinderella this time, but having captured them, they find that they have now escaped from their confines and are out loose again. Mr. Leaf is not alarmed by this. According to him, he knows exactly where they're heading. He's starting to find a discernible pattern in the randomness of chasing Cinderella around. Cinderella brings the Queen of Hearts to her hideout, which is... Looks like it's in a sewer. <laughs> Seems like it's underground. It's kind of a dump. Queen of Hearts is like, it smells like garbage. Cinderella's like, yeah, that's to keep people away. The place is filled with all kinds of things that a kid would have in there. It's a, It's got a pool table in there. It's got 1980s style video game consoles and beat up furniture. At this point, the Queen of Hearts is just rolling with it since there's a, there's a manatee in a stolen aquarium tank and there's a giant human, human-sized moth sitting in a recliner eating leaves and spinning silk for superhero or supervillain outfits. It's just not something you're going to ask any questions about. So the Queen of Hearts is like, alright, let's just 
let's just deal with it. Cinderella reveals that she has a plan on how to get them out of this mess with Leaf Industries, since it's clear that Leaf Industries is not going to stop hunting them down, and they obviously have a problem. Cinderella versus the Queen of Hearts. I thought issue three was all sorts of insanity. I thought it was just as fun as the other two. It's, it's crazy. If you're into, like, outrageously crazy stuff, that this is the thing for you. It's well drawn. The sequential work is very solid. It's a professional-looking book. The writing is snappy. The dialogue is punchy. Comedy is on point. Like I said about issue two, it's more so the Queen of Hearts reactions is a very standard valley girl. Like, are you serious? Can you focus right now? Can you just get on the same page with me right now? And even though that does sound natural, the standard reaction to kind of insanity that's going on in the book, it does start to get a little repetitious because it's the same reaction every time to every joke. And you would think by issue three, the Queen of Hearts would be just rolling with it right now. Or even somewhat making odd references as well to kind of show that the two characters are simpatico or becoming simpatico. But I understand it. That's Like I said, it's very minor. So I, I seriously enjoy this. I recommend you reading all three of them because it's just one long roller coaster ride. So that about does it from the comic book inside the archaeological excavator of Funny Book Magazines. I will be back next week with yet another book. Remember, books are great, movies are better, but comic books are perfect. Read a book, watch a movie, share a comic book, and then while you're sharing that comic book, read another comic book. It's pretty much no-brainer. All right, take it easy. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step -step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hey, it came from the radio fans. It's Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming, here to tell you what is cooking at Chicken Soup for the Soul this month. Well, you know, I usually try and come up with some sort of a theme for you, but this month it's kind of a grab bag at Chicken Soup for the Soul streaming. Tons of great titles, though. We have one of my favorites, season two of the series The Wall. This was a Crackle original series. It's actually a French-Canadian show with English subtitles. And man, you talk about a taut thriller. This is it. Season one took you up to a town below the Arctic Circle that was surrounded by a wall that kept the elements from destroying the town. Season two takes you to a hotel where a murder has taken place. And I am not going to tell you anything about this murder because I am not that guy. And it is one of the most horrifying murders I think I've ever seen on television. So Isabel Richer plays the female detective. She is unbelievably talented, so great in the series. Um, she's back for season two, and man, you, you've got to check it out. Um, we've also got a great uh, British series, Doc Martin. Um, this is an awesome series. I love this show. Um, it's uh, basically the most famous doctor in all of the UK, has a nervous breakdown, goes to recover by taking the job of a small-town doctor in the hinterlands of England. Uh, play, uh, the doctor is played by Martin Clunes from Shakespeare in Love. He is brilliant. He immediately butts heads 
with everybody in this town. And, you know, he's somewhere on the spectrum. He's just it's awkward. He's uncomfortable. Uh, The townspeople don't get him and it makes for great television. So check out Doc Martin. Um, Sticking with the medical theme, though, we do have another great series, Bromwell. If you have ripped through Downton Abbey and uh, all the Victorian dramas right now, we've got another one for you. This is starring Gemma Redgrave uh, from Howard's End. It's basically Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman meets Downton Abbey. And she plays a doctor near the turn of the century who opens up a free clinic in the poorest neighborhood outside of London. And not only does she have to overcome the struggles of trying to care for um, so many people who are disenfranchised, but she also has to overcome uh, the difficulties of being a a woman in a male-dominated field, especially uh, during the turn of the century. So it's a great series. Bromwell, check it out. Uh, If you need a big hug... Uh, We've got some comfort viewing for you. Highway to Heaven, the Michael Landon, Victor French classic. Uh, Michael Landon plays an angel who's trying to basically trying to get his wings sent down to work with Victor French, who's this like cranky old retired cop. By the way, both of them were in Little House on the Prairie uh, together and were magic on that show. And they just keep the hits rolling in Highway to Heaven. So uh, you you, you got to check it out. If you need just a, a little bucking up, that's definitely uh, the one to watch. Um, we've also got a great, um, I want to call it a drama. Uh, the, it definitely has a serious subject matter. This is a, a long way down, star-studded film. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, Tony Collette, Imogene Poots, which I just love saying that name, and Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. And they all decide that they are going to take their own life on New Year's Eve on the same building. And so because all four of them are there, luckily they're able to stop themselves from doing the deed. And then they make a pact that they're going to try to help each other through the next couple of months. It's really well well uh, written. It's a touching film and the performances are beautiful. I, I'm a huge Pierce Brosnan fan. And um, I definitely think you should check this one out. And then finally, uh, we've got Love for Starters. As you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul has original rom-coms every single month. And this is another great example. Uh, Stephanie Benet from Shadowhunters and Jonathan Cherry from Final Destination 2. Uh, he plays this uh, snotty chef that, is, that takes a job in this mountain resort Uh, run by Stephanie Benet, who really hopes that he is going to be the spark that kicks this place into high gear. Uh, Unfortunately, little does she know that he's just jobbing it until he can get back on the New York food scene. And um, little do they both know that there's a little romance brewing uh, around the kitchen. So uh, love for starters. It's a cute, cute movie. Uh, check it out if you just need a, a, a nice comfort viewing on Friday night. But again, uh, this has been What is Cooking at Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming. Thank you so much. It came from the radio audience for letting me come and tell you all you can watch for free. Remember, you can download the app or go to chickensouptv.com and cast to any device. Thanks so much. Have a special month. Bye-bye. Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. 
My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about Israel. Israel. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Israel this summer. For one month. Yeah. It's crazy. Was that Riley just whistling just now? Oh, yeah, it was. Are I you excited whistle. that she's leaving? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys saw the look on his face when he said that. <laughs> no, are you, so are you happy for her, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Is that all you're gonna say? Yes, I'm happy. You're happy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're on a radio show. You're supposed to be doing more than just yes and no answers. So you're excited to get away from me for a month, aren't you? Huh? Eh, it's so so. It's oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, pretty I'm sure good. I got some. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna miss you. Mm. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. So he's cute. got his dog as his best friend. Pretty much. So you excited about Israel, Julian? Yes, I'm very excited I, I can't believe it's happening already We've been talking about it for months And getting ready for it for months But the fact that it's literally Tuesday what? Yeah, Two, July like, 4th, like, you're leaving July She's leaving July like 4th Three days from now is sort of crazy Yeah, You're going to be rid of me for three days How do you feel about that, Dad? In three days, not for three days Okay, in three days how do I Four feel days? Three days. Three days. Oh. It's only a few days. July 4th is very soon. It's almost three days from now, okay? So, how do you how do you feel about that? Well, Are you excited to get rid of me? I'm, not, I'm never excited to get rid of anybody, except, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. Except? I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to go there. I'll probably get in trouble. So, no, I think... Like, <laughs> I think overall, I think it's like going to be sad that you're gone for a while. But I think the other thing is it's, it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. You're going to have so much fun. No, I'm, I'm really excited. I can't believe I'm uh, going already. You're it's... eating holla all the time. <laughs> I don't even know if they have I don't it know. there. I'm sure what do they... you mean I don't know if they have it there? What are you talking about? Well, I feel like they have more pita bread kind of stuff than... More pita? I, I and hummus. I really doubt they don't have challah. Well, I'm sure it's there, but I guess like it's just... Probably hard to find. Well, I bet they have... I bet they have challah. So what are you looking forward to most when you go? I don't know. I think just meeting all the people that mm. are going to be there. And honestly, I just want to explore like... Sort of like who I am through Judaism... Like, I, and mom's very into it, but I haven't really found myself in the religion, and I'm wondering if I could get, like, other perspectives on certain things through it. Yeah, that should be pretty cool and interesting, and you could see, besides just that, meeting new people and the spiritual aspect of it, you know, I'm sure it's just going to be an amazing adventure. Yeah, no, I can't believe it's uh, happening already. It's, it's sort of crazy. I still haven't fully packed. You'll get there. You'll wait, get there. wait, are you going to the Dead Sea? Yeah. That's going to be cool. She's going to be like... I'll, t- I'll send you photos. You know, if you go there, you should put a rock on yourself because you won't sink. Yeah. That's how, like, um, that's how, like, salty it is. That's crazy. That's... Do you, I have to, like, keep my hair up so it doesn't, like, fry, right? 
I don't know. You're going to have to figure that mm, part out. Fried yeah, hair. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> fried hair. Not everything fried's good, as much as people say it's good. Yeah. yeah, I don't think fried butter actually is that good. No, that's probably terrible, but fried yeah, chicken's good. Well, right. Fried chicken can't be good. Fried bad. Oreo's good. Fried Oreo is amazing. That's way that good. So good. You can't top a fried Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're going to be going, which is awesome. We got you some shekels. Mm-hmm. How cool is that money? It is, it is Can you give so me a... pretty. Why is American money so not pretty? It's it all green. terrible. <laughs> exactly. It should be prettier. Yeah, it's so funny because you got the blue shekels, you got the red shekels, you got. You the is there a buck in shekels? A what? A buck in shekels? A dollar? Yeah. <laughs> I think there is a dollar or something. I there's, need to there's one shekel, coins. probably. I want to have that. Can well, I have that? Maybe Julie will get coins. The bank doesn't give you coins; they only give you cash. So she's gonna have to get coins and bring them home. I need to understand coins. You'll understand coins. You'll get the foreign currency exchange. You got an 11 hour flight, you'll figure it out. Good point. I could just search it. So you're gone for one month. Mm hmm. And you're leaving me and Riley by ourselves. Oh, come on. And. You guys are, can't wait to get rid of the girls. Oh, please. You know, right, because your mother's also going to Israel, but she's going. And Greece. And Greece, and she'll be gone for about 20 days. Yeah. So it's, you know. They're acting as if they can't. It's the boys of summer. Exactly. Yeah. Party anyway, in the I USA. I hope you enjoy this flight. I hope you enjoy the trip. Well, thank you. You two have the same luck in Chicago. Yes, which we'll be talking about next. Yes. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Salonino from It Came From The Radio. I am live at Trek Long Island, and I am very honored to be here with Sandy Gimple. And is, am I pronouncing your name right? No. <laughs> it's Gimpel. Gimpel. Oh, you put the French thing on. Yes, I've got the French thing going on here. <laughs> All right. Well, I stand corrected. I'm here with Sandy Gimpel. And uh, Sandy is, is an iconic figure in in the entertainment world she is uh, a seasoned actress stunt woman oh my god and a director yes i'm a second unit action director and uh was very honored to be the first stunt woman ever to get that uh director's card and broke glass ceilings getting it and now the girls can actually you know are working more doing what the boys always did yes so let me ask you something you you're such a beautiful lady what started you what how did that work like yeah throw me around throw me downstairs or you know how does that work that you become a stunt woman <laughs> it wasn't planned let me tell you <laughs> and i think i drove my mother a little nuts when i told her what i was going to be doing but um I was a dancer, and I got into the entertainment industry as a dancer. Uh, I did The Pleasure of His Company with Fred Astaire and Debbie Reynolds. And, and the funny part was when I had done that, I never thought I would go on to be doubling Debbie for the rest of 
her life, actually, yeah. uh, which was quite an honor. But um, as a dancer, I worked uh, with Elvis Presley. I did 15 pictures with him. I was one of his five dancers. And when we did um, Change of Habit, which was the last um, feature he did, there was no place for me to dance because all the dancers at that time now had become five six, five seven, and they wanted the line dancers and they wanted them, you know, the lines perfectly straight. So um, Central Casting, which was casting the background people at the time, said, you know, we're going to send you on an audition for Lost in Space, and they're looking for a new stand-in to when they light the lights for the little boy, which was Bill Mummy, right. was eleven, and said. Um, you know, you can go in and do the background work. And I went, oh, okay, fine. So I go on this audition, and normally they want you to just, they want your height right, they want you to, you know, the coloring correct, and right. that's all they care about because right. the, the cameras, you know, they just want to set the cameras and stuff. Well, they started, there's like 10 guys sitting at a table, and then they start asking me all these questions, like, you know, about your background and, you know, how's your timing, how's your coordination, and I'm like, why do they even care? And this one guy at the time, I had no idea who he was, says to me, so, have you ever thought about doing stunts? And I went, um, what's a stunt? I had no idea what he was talking about. And he explained to me what it was, you know, if you could, you're going to fall down, you do some fights for Bill, you could, you know, tumble down a mountain. Are you up for this? And it turned out he was a stunt coordinator. It was Paul Stater. And um, I said, sure. It sounds like fun. And he said, all right, this is what you have to do. You can stand in for Bill. You can do his stunts. But you have to come to the gym in Santa Monica three days a week with my stunt guys, and we will teach you how to do this stuff. And I never looked back. Wow. I... I, just let me tell our our, um, our fans out there. Just let me run down a couple of things that you were <laughs> you your movie stunt roles. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Towering Inferno, Airplane, Escape from New York, Con Air, The Truman Show, Mystery Men, Rat Race, one of my favorite, uh, Bruce Almighty, Charlie Wilson's War, uh, Planet <laughs> Terror, The Incredible Birth, Wonderstone, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, to name a few. So you you've been busy in your illustrious career. I've been very blessed. I've been very, very blessed. I've had um, done some incredible movies and had so much fun and still working. Yeah, that's uh, first of all, before anything, how was Elvis? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, he was one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, he was kind of shy and like the same people around and I think that's how I got to be one of his dancers because right. he wanted the same people around all the time. And and I got real lucky because I, for some reason, I was like one of the boys. Yeah. Um, I got to hang out with Joe Esposito and Charlie Haig and the guys. Yeah. And so I got to go play softball in Veterans Park in, in L.A. I got to go to the house in Bel Air. I got to go sit at the rehearsal halls all the time. And I got to have fun because I, I wasn't getting hit on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like... But if I wasn't on a show, you should have heard him. <laughs> it's like, where are they? Where is she? Why isn't she on here? You get her right now. And so that was, I was yeah, really cool yeah. that way. 
All right, enough about Elvis. <laughs> now about the most iconic role that I think personally on Star Trek. You played a little, um, a lovely looking, uh, whatever it was on, um, a Star Trek called uh, M113 in the, uh, what was that, the, um, oh, the man trap. The man trap, that was our salt vampire is what we're calling here now. Um, that was quite an incredible um, part because I, I, they had a costume made for me. They had, we did a um, plaster head of my face right. and then so that the mask fit me. Right. And um, I had to suck the salt out of Shatner's face. <laughs> oh, my God. And I couldn't see out of the mask. But, um, yeah, it was it was quite challenging. But um, it was cool. I got to work like a whole week on the show because they kept having to morph me from Nancy right. to me. So they would put a plate in front of the camera and draw her in and then take her out and then put me in exactly in the same spot and then take the plate out and then we would shoot and then we would vice versa the same thing they put me in then when she when we morphed back and forth today it's totally different yeah um cgi everything exactly but um so that's what you know it took so long and it was so i want to ask the person herself when you were doing star trek did you think it was going to be the phenomenon that it is today. Never in my wildest dreams. I mean, I went to work, did my job, left, went back. Well, when, we, when I did the Telosians in the cage right. and that show didn't sell, right. you know, I thought, oh, well, you know, another show. And just went back to Lost in Space and then right. we finished that. And then they called me and asked me to do um, a man trap. Sorry. And... So I did Man Trap and went, you know, and then went home again and never looked back, never thought about it. And um, Richard Arnold, who was uh, Gene Roddenberry's assistant right. for years, called me and said he wanted me to sign baseball cards yeah. with the um, M113. And I'm going, who is this guy? So I call my agent. My acting agent said, will you do me a favor and talk to this man? Because I, I don't know if this is legit. <laughs> so she did, and she said, you know, it is. He'll, he'll pay you for the signing, you know, half up front and half in the end, you know. And I said, all right, that at least I know I'm, you know, I'm covered. Well, I did all that, and he's then, and we got to be friends because we were talking on the phone a lot and stuff. And, and Richard said, so would you like to do a Star Trek convention? And I went, what's that? They do Star Trek conventions? I mean, I really had, I, you know, I worked. I didn't pay attention. And he explained they were doing the 50th anniversary and um, at in Vegas. And um, he said, you'll come sign autographs, and you'll make a little bit of money. And I went, sure. Yeah. I had so much fun, I can't even tell yeah. you. I mean, I had more fun asking my the people that were buying, you know, my autograph, what they had done, what they were doing. Yeah. And it, they were astronauts, they were doctors, they were lawyers, and they were all dressed in costumes. <laughs> I'm like blown away. I was blown away. And they, the interesting part was 90% of the men 
and I'm talking brilliant people here, would say, I was 11 years old when I watched that show and you scared me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you did your job. I guess I did. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, my God, Sandy, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Um, where can people see you, social media, anything like that, learn about you? Because you're an amazing lady. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, can I plug my book real quick? Sure. I just finished my book. It's done. It's out. It's on. Um, it's called Stunt Lady, uh, Sandra Gimpel Falling for the Stars, and it's on Amazon. It's also on my website, which is just sandragimpel.com. And if you want it autographed, you can buy it from you know my website. And um, it tells about my whole life about Star Trek and Lost in Space and how I started it and how I'm still working. Yeah. Oh my God, Sandy. Uh, it was amazing talking to you again. You're an amazing lady, and thank you so much for the interview. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is Charlie Saladino, and uh, I am live at Trek Long Island, and we're going back to the studio to you, Ma. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. This is Tammy Stronach, um, best known for playing the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter, and always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.